It's time! Streaming live from Cleveland, Ohio! Presenting the undefeated, undisputed heavyweight podcast of the world! The Big Play! Reflog Show. I'm Gabriela Cruz alongside Nick Padone, and we've got Chris McNeil, the Reflog himself, the meme master. Uh, <laughs> I really liked the Guardians memes that you had, Chris. We should have loaded those into the show. Uh, Michael Bohm, producer, thank you very much for all that you do for us. And we've got a special guest in studio, but let me tease it first. We've got to go over our checklist here. We'll get right into our Labatt featured interview, followed by our round of fill in the blank. Um, if you haven't seen that one, it's kind of relatively new. We'll we'll fill in with little adjectives. You guys remember that game Mad Libs? Yeah. Where you would just oh, kind of yeah. like mix up the words. It kind of reminds me of that. It's fun. We'll do some evaluation of what we think the status of our sports teams and, and the future is like. I like it. And we'll wrap up with uh, some bets and two truths in life. We've got some time and we're feeling like it. So let's get into our featured interview. We had some pretty exciting. Now, wait, 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 wait. Before we do that. I had some bad news sure. that, that I just came across <laughs> right before the show. Here. Oh, no. Some bad news involving my daughter. Oh, so no. I, I don't know if you guys have followed along. I think I've talked about it a little bit. My daughter just got her license a few weeks ago. Yep. Right. right. She was successful. She was successful. It took us a little bit of work. You know, I, I put in some dad hours there with the cones and backing up and doing the maneuverability. That's I a rite of passage. A, yeah. Yeah. The rite of passage. Just got a text. With a picture, oh. she hit a fence. Oh, she hit oh. how she bad hit a fence. is it? Maybe it came out of nowhere. The front or the like, back of the car? Front of the car. She hmm. went right into a fence. Yeah. Did yeah, she so. like think she was hitting the brakes but hit the gas? Because honestly, no one wants to admit it. But when you first start driving, it's a mistake that happens. You get confused, right? right? I'm not sure exactly what happened here. We haven't gotten into the details. She's okay. That's oh, good. the most important thing. Number two, it looks like we've got a nice dent in that front bumper. So. Mm. Well, Chris, That's if you could find a two for one, I've been shopping around for some estimates for my car, as many people also know. I parked downtown in the world's smallest parking garage for the last year. And it is north of $3,000, guys, to repair oh. all the body damage on my car. So I saw your car a few weeks ago. I had to drop off some things, right? Yeah. Yeah, Chris, I got that priced out. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I know, Nick, you were talking about that tight squeeze. Like, everybody in there just gets dinged up. A so bit. I'm thinking of just YOLOing it, scrapping it, taking it up to the Honda yeah. dealership and just saying, whatever you could give me in cash, give me it. Call me my Uber home, and I'll just <laughs> order a Tesla to my front yard and be, and be about my business. Man, Damn, living high off the hog there, Mr. Tesla. Just turn it in your car, swashbuckler I'm, I'm style. Just done, I'm just done with it, man. It's It sucks. What do, you, what do you have? I have a Honda Civic. Okay. And it's like so – Chris saw it a couple of weeks ago. Like you said, it's so dented. Those are reliable cars, though. And guess what my daughter drives? A Honda, Honda Civic. Civic. That's exactly right. It's a good we first could, car. We could find somebody to do it. Oh, this is my third car. We could find somebody <laughs> that can do a two for one. Let's <laughs> just take it to the Honda dealer. If anybody anybody out there does Honda work, yeah, we've got a you know. one. we're going to need some help here. Sponsorship. Yeah. We'll, we'll call you out every show. That's yeah. our new plug for a sponsor. I like where you guys are going with this. Yeah. Well, <laughs> hey, at least she's okay, Chris. Uh, you know, those happen. Yes. Speaking of car crashes, the Guardians, less of a car crash over the weekend. I yeah. Think we can, yeah. Yes, you can illuminate that little situation. Less of a mess than we've been seeing. <laughs> they ended on a really high note. The last two games are really exciting. And actually, this is a good time to bring in our featured Labatt interview. Cleveland.com reporter 
Joe Noga is with us today. Thank you for coming into studio. It's no surprise that the man of the weekend was Josh Naylor. We had some serious Naylor bombs, Joe, especially coming up big in the eighth inning. Back-to-back nights. Now, did he have a go-ahead home run in the eighth on Friday as well? All all three nights of that series. All three nights he had the go-ahead Naylor bomb. In the eighth inning. It's the first time it's happened since, I think, it's in the expansion era. I think uh, it goes back to 1961, but uh, I think I saw where it, it goes back into the 20s as well. So he's probably the first major leaguer to ever put his team in front with a home run in the eighth inning or later in three consecutive games. I mean, if there was ever a time to rock the baby. Is he, do you think he's done with uh, that? He doesn't want to jinx I, his I team I get a anymore? strong feeling that he has moved on from rocking the baby. And and you know what? He doesn't give off that that vibe that it's even he's even thinking about it anymore. Yeah, it's, no, what's yeah. crazy just, is I gone. feel like he's completely being... Do you, did you see the home run trots a lot more subdued lately? Yeah, but, well, as long as the, the uh, camera operator doesn't get in his way like it did yesterday. Yeah, you know <laughs> I what? I did see that. that was, the, the recipe for disaster was so there, and uh, you know, but... True to Josh Naylor, he he didn't do anything to that. He did not freak out when he got back in the dugout. Totally different situation, whatever. But uh, you know, he he handled it like a pro, and that's that's really just the way he operates. Uh, he's he's the kind of guy who you would want to be teammates with uh, in, in all situations. So so I was at the game Saturday, and I like. You know, you'll always have your friend, and I'm not trying to be this friend that's like, I called when he hit that home run, but, you know, everyone kind of felt the momentum was going, and I was, I told my buddy, I was like, if he goes yard here, he might commit murder in that dugout, because that's just, you know, he was going to be that excited, and the offense had been that anemic, that if he did it for two nights in a row, I thought he was going to go crazy. Was there maybe a conversation that has happened behind closed doors? Because it seems like a lot of these Josh Naylor reactions now, three days in a row, have been a little bit more... He's like been there, Blanket. done that. You look yeah, at him. Yeah. Look at him all grown and stuff. <laughs> for real. When it happens, you're, you're sitting up there in the press box, going, "Pray for Tito." You yeah, know, that, that, yeah, that kind of yeah. thing. It, the, you know, he had to wear the helmet uh, for the home run uh, back last June. Uh, that that kind of thing is it, it's it's very real. But uh, yeah, I think he he's very conscious of of all of this, and he he sees everything that was written about his crazy wild celebrations. And I think he, yeah, he, he probably toned it back a little bit, but he's not going to not be Josh Naylor. He's yeah. not going to, and, and I want know. him to unleash some, oh, yeah, at too. some point, maybe and, uh, it's early may- in the season, but we won't, we want to see him go nail, go real Naylor on us full, at some point. Give you full Naylor. Uh, yeah. Well, he's going back uh, starting tomorrow. He's going back to the scene of the crime. It's the, the, the uh, <laughs> The game May tenth, I believe, was the the Josh Naylor game. So yep. you know he wants all the smoke. That's where it is. That's uh, that was so fun. Oh, that was so fun. And 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 he and it's the fact that he did it again a month later against Minnesota, and it, it's been uh, just such a a roller coaster. He talked about after yesterday's game. He talked about riding the wave, and you know sometimes you're up and sometimes you're down, and. Uh, you know, Tito said, you know, you want to be more even keeled. He said, he's like, I don't think you want to ride the wave. I think you want to be a little more even keeled as a hitter. And uh, Josh just, he just does not give off that vibe that he's overthinking things or, or anything like that. So yeah. uh, he's he's in a good place right now. Uh, obviously, the, the numbers, they, they are what they are from the first month of the season. And, and he was struggling. But uh, he needs to be that kind of Josh Naylor a little bit more consistently if this team is going to turn things around offensively. Slinky vibes, if you will. Slinky vibes. But you know what? At the same time, Nick, I I wouldn't want to impress upon Naylor too much of a slinky vibe. No, right. I think that's what Tito was saying. Yeah, like yeah. T- I get what Tito's saying. Being at a little bit of a homeostasis, if you yeah. will. Yeah. But boy, less, boy less, if, if if Tito dropped slinky. homeostasis on us in a in a in a post game <laughs> interview, that would that would be a, worth a story. That's remarkable. What about slink? So you like so that slinky vi- What about what if he dropped the slinky vibes? That's a police act thing. Honestly, uh, if he was slinky vibes, I'd be concerned. I'd say yeah. somebody check on Josh Naylor. <laughs> He doesn't have a pulse. <laughs> yeah, no, I that I, I can get a Zach Plesak uh, feeling from Slinky Vibes. Yeah, that's, yeah so that's if right. you didn't know, this is kind of a callback from a previous video Nick and I did, but we did an interview with, um, who was it that brought it up? It was Mitch, wasn't it? That I told think him? so, yeah. Mitch told him, Mitch Longo, 
said, hey, Zach's the one who introduced me to this phrase called slinky vibes. And the way that Zach described it was, you know how a slinky just kind of like evenly <laughs> goes down, just goes, just goes down the steps, woo, 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 like rhythmic, chill, going with the flow. And I just think that Naylor, I like the fact that he's a little sporadic. I think that makes him him. Yeah, it, it, just being in the clubhouse before the games, it, there will be card games going on and reactions to you know hands that are played or whatnot, and and he'll be one of the more vocal ones. So, uh, and uh, they had uh, they had chill Will T-shirts for Will Brennan. Uh, I think uh, either Miles Straw or Cam Gallagher had them made up or whatever. And as soon as players were walking in the one day, Josh was like, "Oh hey, uh, Sandlin, Sandlin, come on, come on, get your chill Will T-shirt." And he's he's, he's so. Yeah. He's very much the glue in that clubhouse in terms of you know the go between between uh, you know relief pitchers you know guys in the clubhouse everywhere so yeah he's uh, like I said he would be the guy that you would want as your teammate. All right, well I'm gonna say it. What the hell do we need to do to get his brother up here? Um, <laughs> because uh, obviously you know the catching situation is what it is. They're kind of playing between the two. But what do we have to do to get Bo Naylor in Cleveland? I don't think you or I or any fan or anybody can can get Chris Antonetti, uh, Mike Chernoff, and, and Terry Francona to waver off of their plan. They had an idea of when they were going to bring Josh Naylor up. The, I think they're sticking to that. A uh, guy hits two home runs the other day in a yeah. in a game in Triple A. It's, it's not going to get him up here any quicker. And oh. I think that's is, been is it a I, transportation I, thing. I mean, yeah. I could always just drive him up there if that's if that's really the sticking point. Here. I record that that We've car ride. Denton record Honda the conversation Civic. in that car ride, please. I would I would love <laughs> yeah. to listen to it. We have two, two Denton, Denton Honda, Honda Civics, and we can get him up here. <laughs> I, I, yeah. There's there's nothing that's going to get him up here quicker besides maybe an injury. And yeah. You know, we we thought we were getting close to that with uh, Mike Zanino having a stiff neck the first two uh, games of the Angels series, but you know that seemed to work itself out. And yeah, it, whatever the predetermined date is, is is when Josh Naylor is going to arrive. There's no, mm. you know, no offensive struggles for this team are, are going to change that. I don't think. Speaking of dates, what, what, what do you have, you know, as an experienced writer covering this team and who has for years, what's the date where you really start to say, okay, this team is what they are with their record, with what they've done? Because right now, you know, a lot of people like to say, well, it's early and you really can't tell until X date. What date do you have in mind for that? I, I think around the 60 game mark is is a pretty good indicator of, of the way things are going to go. I mean, they still have time to 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 right the ship in terms of offense as far as that goes there this isn't going to be a team that's going to hit a lot of home runs they just they just don't have the guys right now to do that uh and and you're not going to change that in in the next 20 games but i think they can do more consistently the things that they're good at doing offensively and uh that will sort of be a better indicator for us of of how things are going to go for the rest for the remainder of the season beyond 60 games and we've seen it be, you know, very inconsistent, I think, to put put it mildly. Is, is there something technically that's going on that's from a, you know, from a batting standpoint uh, in the lineup that's causing problems more so than than other things that that may be causing this this kind of inconsistency for us? I, I think it's just general uh, youth and inexperience. I mean, these these are still for the majority of, of guys between the age of what, twenty four and twenty eight. They're they're relatively inexperienced uh, and you've got to see a guy uh, Andres Jimenez is still young you've got to see him repeat what he was able to do last year and to this point he he really hasn't had that consistency Josh Naylor is you know uh, still on the right side of 25 I think uh, and he's he's not done it consistently uh, you know in his career so far this is this is who these guys need to be uh, we saw a little bit of it in, in this past series. I, I don't think it's any coincidence that with the weather getting warmer and, and people getting a little more comfortable uh, that you're, you're going to see the offense click a little bit more. Who is kind of, Oh, sorry. You go, Chris. I, oh, I was just going to ask specifically about Josh Bell. What do you think about him and where he's at and what, 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 what he needs to get going? Yeah, I, I, the, the power is still there. You can see it when he gets a hold of a ball. It, it, it goes. Um, I, I just... I think uh, he he needs to relax a little bit more as well. He he feels that pressure. He does, uh, especially early on when when he was going bad. Uh, he he was trying to hit you know five run home runs and and that wasn't yeah. uh, 
That wasn't the case. It just it can't be done. Uh, you have to buy in like they did last year. You have to buy into that whole, you know, I'm going to do what I can do and my part and, and you know, give it on to the next guy in the lineup to, to, to hit me home if that's the, the case. Uh, and, you know, he's starting to turn the corner there a little bit. I think he's starting to get a feel for it. Uh, not all of them can be Jose Ramirez. Not all of them can just walk up there with that swagger and just be like, okay, I'm going to hit this ball off the wall and, and, and have it happen. It's yeah. just you're not going to have nine Jose's. If they did, that'd be amazing. Probably not something people think about often, but what do you think the absence of Austin Hedges has been like when you talk about leadership or veteran presence or people who just really knew how to gel the team together? Yeah, I, I think they've, they've got guys like that who are, are still here, but but Austin Hedges, was a, he was that guy in, in that clubhouse last year. Everybody looked and, and took their cues from him uh, in, in terms of that, so... Uh, plus what he was able to give you, calling games and blocking and throwing, there was no question. And, uh, you know, Mike Zanino just hasn't shown that he's physically there or just capable of, of doing what Austin Hedges was able to do last year. What's the latest that you've heard on the front of McKenzie and Savali? I feel like it's kind of been a minute. We heard when that Tristan injury initially happened that May would be the soonest that he could come back when he got put on that 60-day. Uh, what's kind of the latest there, and do you think that maybe like Logan Allen, Bybee, obviously fans probably wouldn't want it, could be an odd man out there when they come back? Yeah, I I, I think that's a you know that's a, a valid question. Is it how much can these rookies do in the next you know three to four weeks before Mackenzie and Savali are ready to come off the the injured list? I think Tristan's a little bit ahead of Savali right now. Uh, he was scheduled to throw in Arizona. Uh, maybe a bullpen session, and then he was going to go stop at uh, Nashville to see his brother graduate from Vanderbilt, and then head up to Cleveland at some point uh, to you know just go get put through his paces, and then head out on a rehab assignment possibly by the end of this week. Mm. Uh, it depends. It, usually they like to keep him close to home, uh, whichever team is home for the week, Akron or Columbus. He'll he'll go and pitch there, uh, and and then it'll, there'll be a, a, a throwing progression from that. Uh, and and you know the the May 29th date when he can come off the list is is probably pretty accurate. That, that that's that's when he should be feeling pretty good if everything if there are no setbacks. Love it. Should we be worrying about Emmanuel Classe? Uh, we had I I actually uh, Paul Hoynes and myself uh, talked this afternoon. I had an extensive conversation about uh, Emmanuel Classe and uh, how you know. It's not necessarily time to push the panic button at all. We've seen his velocity obviously down significantly from last year. It's not 101, you know, mile an hour cutters that that he's pumping. It's uh, it's significantly different. And when you've only got two pitches that you throw, uh, it, it makes it a little easier for the guys uh, if if they they know what's coming. Uh, he he just needs to make the adjustment back because the league has made the adjustment to him, mm-hmm. and and now he has to adjust back to that and and become more to use a, a Tito word uh, pitcherish maybe, uh, you know <laughs> work guys get him out and 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 you saw him do that for, uh, to a degree last year. Uh, there needs to be more of an evolution I think there because t- all indications are there's nothing physically wrong with him in, in terms of the velocity. Uh, we we haven't heard anything like that and it's it, it, again uh leading the league in appearances and getting as much work as he does uh you know can't always be a great thing but you know i i think tito manages as, as best as he can uh you, you got to put him out there when there's an opportunity for him to close out a game yeah what do you think about the new schedule now where you play everybody um Big fan of that. Big fan of the opportunity to, uh, you know, go to San Diego, go to, you know, go to Phoenix, <laughs> go to, yeah. you know, some of these some of these ballparks that, uh, you know, some yeah. of these guys haven't seen. Some of these, uh, you know, players who have, have been around, you know, haven't really seen. So uh, it's a that's a fun part. I, I think it's great for the fans to, to be able to see, uh, you know, next year when the Mets come to town uh, to get Francisco Lindor in there and, and give him some sort of reception. Uh some you sort know. of reception. Hey, well, I mean, y- I'm going to take a nap. Yesterday afternoon, they booed Shohei Otani, and and I, I can't understand why anyone would boo Shohei Otani. You're talking about a guy who fouled a ball off into the the Guardians dugout and then stepped out of the box and you know was like checking, hey, are you guys are like 
who does that? The, yeah. He's he's amazing, and the the Guardians fans. I understand why they were booing him, but I wow, mean, come that's on. so Cleveland, huh? Yeah, <laughs> I mean they're not Philly, but come on, it's wow, we... future Cleveland Guardian Shohei Ohtani. Yeah, did oh, I man. miss that? When did they do that? I think it was like all weekend. What the booing, booing Ohtani was yeah, kind of just all weekend. That was uh, it was probably his last at bat of uh, of yesterday's game. Was we were just sort of looking at each other in the press box, going, "Why are they booing? This is this guy's never." Yeah. Done anything wrong? Yeah. When Carlos Correa came, I understood it. You're right. That one, I'm a little. That one, that was sick. That, that was a good boo. Was I, don't, I don't think they'll ever stop booing Carlos Correa. Yeah, never. Nor, nor should they. <laughs> so, okay. Joe, have you been to every MLB stadium now? No, I've I've got uh, several that I need to check off the list. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna get to a few more this year, uh, but eventually I'll I'll get around to them. Uh, I know last year when we were in Seattle, uh, our friend Manny Bell. Uh, checked Seattle yeah. off her list. That was her last one. She she'd been to all of them, so nice. it's pretty impressive. Uh, I'm I'm the one who I, I'm not doing the the ballparks. I'm doing uh, trying to play catch with my son in every state. Okay, cool. And that's oh, and, and, and writing a book about it after that. So it it should be a a, a fun project. I think uh, in December we're going to hit four more states out west. So awesome. And then how many would you have to go? Oh, I think we'd be at like twenty. Three twenty-four at that point. That's oh. a good chunk. The Dakota, yeah. the Dakotas were our. Uh, I got South Dakota. North Dakota is going to be tough. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit out of the way. You got to find a reason to get up there. How about the non-continentals? I mean, I'll, I'll keep thinking. Well, Hawaii, and then I guess it's continental, but yeah, still, those are going to be tough. Maybe the, kid, maybe the kid will have a destination wedding one day. I don't know. I, we, oh we yeah. Hope. Oh, there you I'm go. Ar- that we've already, be... pl- we've already played catch at the top of a, a volcano, so that was. Oh, sweet. Wow. That's pretty cool. Where, where was that? Uh, that was in New Mexico. Mm. So, oh, cool. So, yeah, it was. That's fun. fun. So this book is like for the long haul. This may take a minute. Oh, yeah. Uh, not anything I'm going to be. I'm too busy to be writing a book <laughs> now. What are you talking about? <laughs> it's the middle of the season. I can't write a book. All right, getting back to the season then. We're only three games behind the Twins. Is this going to be a close race all season? Can Detroit hang too? What are your thoughts on the AL Central? I, I'm. Pleasantly surprised that that uh, Detroit is putting in at least the effort that they have been against the Guardians uh, to this point in the season. Uh, that gives a, it gives it a little bit of a, a different look, but I think that the Twins are going to be there for sure. They've got a, a little more pitching than they have in the past, and uh, Correa and Buxton, those are guys who are, are as long as they're healthy, are going to keep them right where they are. Uh, I think it's. I, I predicted at the beginning of the season that it was going to be a, a chase, you know, down the stretch for for Cleveland if they were going to win this this division, and it's it's probably going to hold. I think that benefits the Guardians, though, right? I mean, with the with the pitching and the fact mm-hmm. that Tito teams always kind of come on a little bit stronger after All Star, I feel like that's a good thing. Like that's kind of what we should be pulling for: just stay competitive, stay within reach, and then towards the end of the season, you can make it happen. Yeah, and and don't forget, you've you're developing right now at the major league level three rookies who, and and there's a fourth down in Columbus right now who's been lights out as well, and Gavin Williams. Mm-hmm. You're developing those guys, even if you have to, you know, sort of move guys around. Uh, you've been operating for the most part without Aaron Savali, without Tristan McKenzie. To this, you're going to get them back, and once they get their legs under them down the stretch, you could have, you know, peak Tristan McKenzie by by August September. That'd be nice. Yeah. So that that, that would be a nice boost for sure. Any of these guys have a cool backstory or anything that uh, the fans might not know about them? Well, I, we, we wrote about yesterday Tanner Bybee was facing Patrick Sandoval, his uh, high school teammate. Right. Uh, and he said when uh, when they were teammates in high school and back in 2015, Sandoval was getting drafted. And Tanner said that he's he was just uh, you know he was a sophomore he was five foot nine and he was he just hit puberty or something like that he was he was uh, he's I, I was nothing new whatever but it's still the, the two of them it was a nice story that they, they he sort of followed him through his progression to the majors and they finally met and uh, made that you know come become a reality uh, Logan Allen the obvious you know there was he's the second Logan Allen that Cleveland had in the last <laughs> how many years but. Uh, yeah, uh, that's it, it. There are some some really neat uh, neat things and details you get into as you you sort of learn about these guys when they come up. Um, but yeah, that's uh, it, it's fun sort of being around there and being there. 
we, we did it 17 times last year with guys making their major league debuts. You know, it was it, it's so hard to write the same story over and over again. Yeah. You know, who did you call when you got the first got the call? You know, did you keep any souvenirs from your first game? What, you know, it, it's it, it becomes repetitive a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I could see that. Hey, Joe, last question before we let you go. Do you know any good body shop guys? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, inside no, track on Body shop, no, body. but I've, I've got a mechanic that I, I, he's been my guy for, for years. He's uh, on uh, Broadview Road in Parma. It's a Firehawk mechanic. He's, he's, the, he's the best. Steve he's is, the guy. Steve's my guy. I just gave him a free commercial, so appreciate that. <laughs> there you go. I, I, did, I did bring you guys uh, uh, a, you know, keepsake from the uh the gold glove giveaway game on uh, on saturday which one did you get uh this is shane bieber uh gold nice. gloves, so Biebs. very cool uh i wrote a story this past week I, I talked to all four of the the gold glove winners about their their first gloves and their favorite gloves that they had as growing up as kids and there were some really interesting stories there and then i asked tito the same question tito obviously he he was he was the best uh, he said you know, I was the only seven-year-old on the field wearing a major league outfielder's glove because his dad. Mm. And uh, what, what was really fun was he said what stood out in his memory about that particular glove was uh, the pocket was so well formed and it was it was black and brown. And he said he didn't realize it when he was seven, but looking back, it was because his dad was spitting tobacco into that pocket. Oh, that's all, funny. And, and tobacco and pine tar. He said it was perfect. You could run over a. You could run over that glove with a truck, and the pocket would still be perfect. So just some really neat anecdotes and stories uh, really that, cool. that all the coaches and that these players told me about their first gloves and their memories of, you know, and how they how they keep and, and, and condition their gloves. It's uh, It was a lot of fun to, to work on that. That is interesting. So you just put that story out then? Yeah, it, that uh, posted on Thursday. I wanted to get it out ahead of the game on Saturday so that, you know, if people were, yeah. you know, going to the game, hey, they presented the the four guys their their actual gold glove trophies on the field. So mm-hmm. it's just a uh, first uh, time in franchise history we've had four. Yeah, and then is. I think it was Biebs is the first pitcher right we've ever had. Mm-hmm. Really cool stuff. Yeah, be sure to check out Joe's story. Uh, thanks for coming in. Anything else you want to plug? Oh no, I, I'm not. <laughs> I don't, I don't come shop. She's like not plug guy, no, I, but I we want to plug you. I don't come here for the plugs. I mean, obviously, Chris, <laughs> I, I I come here for the the camaraderie. You guys are you guys are the best. You come here <laughs> for the Auntie Anne's that's around the corner in this. Uh... There's an Auntie That and the Orange Julius right down the right down the uh, yeah corridor. Okay. We're just teasing you. We can't wait to get our cafe going in here, though, Nick. Right? It's our day. big idea. One day. Well, gang, we we thank Joe for coming in. Uh, check him out on Twitter, Cleveland.com. He's got all the cool stories. Thanks so much. We'll be waiting on that book to come out whenever it does as well. <laughs> Have fun. Uh, I'll be sure to send you a copy. Yes. Yes. And, and sign it. Dig- digital. <laughs> <laughs> we will Isn't be. All we're good for is the digital copy. We don't even get an autograph copy. It's. Uh, I'll, I'll sign as many as you want. That's. Yes. If you can give me a, a, a Chris McNeil uh, baseball card back instead, because I, I definitely want <laughs> yeah. one of those. Oh, I've man. got plenty of those actually. I've got stack. five million got of those cards from the card show. I've got a huge stack. I'm giving away. I'm I'm not kidding you. I'm giving away his birthday cards to everybody in the family. I'm just signing those things. Chris, I made a mistake. That's such a mistake because I just gave my mom the whole stack because I was she was so happy and I was like, yeah. oh, just take them. I don't want. Them. I tried to throw mine away and my mom like dove and was like, see. No, 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 no. I'm much too cheap. So now I just sign them for family members. Send them anonymously to your enemies. What are you talking about? I just hate clutter. (laughs) There were just just so many of them. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, there were so many of them. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, Joe, I've got one with your name on it. I'm going to have to send it to you. (laughs) McNeil will hook you up. Can't wait. Thank you so much. And we've got our fill in the blank coming in next. You can stick around for it if you want, or we'll let you go. We'll see you next time. Peace out. He What's wants that? to be released. Yeah, he's being released. We get, we'll go into our fill in the blank. Thanks so much, Joe. He doesn't want to have to talk Browns. <laughs> Come on. What do you mean? Brown schedule game? It's May. We're not talking football. The schedule game. Zadarius Smith. It's a fun time to be a Browns fan. It is. We're winning once again. The offseason. They're roping me in, man. The Zadarius yeah, Smith trade, I'm excited. We'll we'll talk about it here. Do we have a little intro play. video for this, or we just kind of go in? I think it? we just roll right we in. Roll we right got to build it? a fill in the okay. blank, because I think this is here to stay. All right, then here we go. Fill in the blank. The Browns game I am most excited for is. Ooh, Chris, do you have a Bengals game? Bengals for me. 
I was going to say the same thing. Week one, let's go. We talked about the offseason, about winning the offseason. Every single offseason, we seem to think we win it. And then we get to the regular season. Last year was against Carolina. You had all that buildup with Baker Mayfield. And we almost, almost lost that game. Had to had sneak in for that extra, that field goal at the end. Um, and this year, it's no different. We think we've won the offseason. We think we're going to come in with a bunch of momentum. And that first game now is a division game against the Bengals. They think that they are the establishment now in the division, and I think they're right. And uh, we need to we need to take them down a few pegs, and that is going to be the, the game. I mean, you've got to establish really the entire season and the way that the season's going to go right off the bat with game one. So I'm looking at that Bengals game, Nick. I'm looking at the Pittsburgh Steeler game uh, week two at Pittsburgh. I get that a lot of people say that should be winnable, but that's a place that the Browns can't win. I mean, <laughs> you know, look at, look at the last how many years I get that you're good anymore to split with Pittsburgh, usually win one, drop one. But the one that you're usually dropping is usually the one in Pittsburgh. So for that to be Monday night football, week two of the season, obviously just coming off a divisional game in the opener against Cincinnati, I look for that week two in Pittsburgh at Heinz Field to be the game that I'm looking most forward to because you got to win there. And and when you look at this schedule, your first five games, four of your first five are at home. That's your one road game. So if you could win that and take care of your business at home, you're, you're in a good spot despite this schedule being kind of difficult the way that it was laid out. I don't know what you guys kind of thought. Obviously, we're not going to do the whole schedule game, but uh, I, I thought it was difficult. I thought the league kind of maybe stuck it to the Browns a little bit. I don't know. I kind of like that it's front-loaded uh, with divisional games. I, I know that I may be in the minority here, but I want to know what we're made of. Yeah, you're going to learn pretty uh, quick. <laughs> I, I, I really do. You know, I, I watch Ohio State football religiously, so I get to see the MAC teams and work our way up. And last year we had Carolina opening up here as a Browns fan. I, I really want to just get into it. You know, maybe we catch our opponents a little flat-footed here in the division. I don't think so, but you never know. But I'll take the challenge right up front. I want to know what this team is going to be early in the season rather than kind of being wishy-washy or in the middle, you know, come October, November. No, I think we'll have a good idea of where we're at after those first five games and a bye there, uh, Nick. And, and, I, and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. I want to be know whether we're in it or we're out of it early. Okay, the Browns away game that I would most like to see or go to. How about this one, Chris? Not to not to bring it down. The Browns in the last ten years obviously exclude the playoff win, which we all remember. A lot of fun. Bake. Thanks for that. Um, zero and ten versus the Steelers at, at Heinz at Field. Heinz Field. All right. I'll do you another zero and fifteen since two thousand eight. I'll do you another. 0-16 since 2007. I'll do you another. Well, Nick, is this uh, the game that you're going to want to go to then? No. You could, be the, you could be the good luck charm to change history? It smells history? horrible there. I'm not good luck to anything. No, I'm not going there. How about you, McNeil? Uh, away game you'd most like to go to? I mean, if you take out all the logistics, because, you know, I'm old, so I, I don't want to go that far. I don't want to have to deal with air flight and everything else. But if you take all that out, I'd love to go to Denver. I mean, I'd love to just experience Mile High. And, of course, with our uh, our past with the Denver Broncos, I have a particular hate still for that entire organization. So it would be fun to go in there and kind of sock them in the face. Um, but if we're talking about logistically easy, that indie game is awful easy to get yeah. to. Mm-hmm. I've never Weather been be nice. to the house that Manning built. And I think it would be fun just to – jump on 70, go right across there, and watch that Colts-Browns game. I think that could be a pretty fun matchup, but I may actually end up doing that. Yeah, I'm definitely going to hit that. I I think the one for me, though, Gab, in all seriousness, is week 13 at LA. It's it's the first week of December. It's going to be starting to get – my seasonal depression is going to be right around the corner, so I'll get one last real soak of vitamin D – or what is it, vitamin C is sun? I think it's vitamin D. (laughs) You were right, the first one. (laughs) Um, Yeah, one last – uh, good sunshine. Actually, coming back here. speaking of D, how about the defensive line? Um, yeah, Gab, transition. <laughs> the Browns' new defensive line is. Give us an adjective here. We had some some nice pickups. Still one piece away. How about that? I think the Browns' defensive line is still one piece away. Because when you look at it, I like what they've done. 
You obviously get Dalvin Tomlinson in free agency. You get Oboe in free agency. Uh, then you trade for Zadarius Smith. Who's going to start at that three tech? Is it going to be Jordan Elliott? Is it going to be Tommy Togi? I think I've seen enough of those guys. Uh, hey, hey, I want one more <laughs> chance for Tommy Togi. Uh, Perion, I mean, Perion, if he could stay on a bird scooter this season, uh, maybe, you know, I don't know. I, I like what they've done. They completely overhauled it. They added a ton of talent, but I would like one more name. I think maybe Matt Ioannidis is still out there. There's still good players that are out there that they could nab to fill that last spot. Chris? I'm going to say the same thing. The Browns' new defensive line is incomplete. You still need to add that piece right there in the middle, although I am going to be here stumping till the end for Tommy Togiai. How about this? I And I will say, I'll give the Browns credit. It is much improved. I mean, last year, they literally trouted out, like, Nordonia's JV defensive line could have done what the Browns' defensive line did last year. I'm fully confident. I've seen some of those cheeseburger eaters that they have there. <laughs> um, and, and they're like, it, I'm, it blows my mind that it took Jim Schwartz coming in to tell Andrew Barry, hey, if we keep the same players, the same thing is going to happen again next year. Like you're just going to get run over. So I like that they added some thickness. I think Zadarius Smith is obviously really good. He had 10 sacks uh, pretty much by himself last year in Minnesota. Imagine what he's going to do next to Miles Garrett. So mm -hmm. it, it's much improved and it should be a lot more fun. But I think it will really be shored up with one more piece because you don't want to have to force Yaki Ika to play that big of a role his rookie year. And then some of the other guys, Chris, again, I'm sorry. They're just not that good. Ouch. They're that not. Hurts. They're not that good. But they are improved. I'll tell you what, that line is improved, which is good. It's, it, I like the moves that we've made so far. I'm not going to go as crazy as a lot of people on Twitter right now, but I, I, I do like the moves, and I think we've really set ourselves up for success in an area, Nick, where you've got to be. You've got to be good down in the trenches in the AFC North. We talk about it every year. And another thing, too, that they've done, and I think they deserve a lot of credit for this, is this is no longer an easy roster to make. I mean, I'm I'm sitting here talking about, you know, okay, maybe they go and sign Matt Ioannidis. I'm not saying they will. I'm not saying they won't. But say they do. I mean, that puts a guy like Tommy Togiai or Perion, who's had some some trouble in his, you know, repertoire of NFL career like you might be on the outside looking in bro like th this yeah. roster is stacked like like who are you gonna play over you know you could be finding a different home late later in this august so we'll see but uh yeah they, they definitely improved it and it's not an easy roster to make anymore before we used to just be signing guys off the street from mount union they'd be starting for the browns week one it's it, not the same anymore yeah these late round draft picks it's like, yeah. yeah, no shot. You know, some of these guys, no shot. Like, sorry, like, you know, sorry. Get that you were a draft pick, but there's just too many guys in your room. All right. Let's switch gears. NBA. There's no, there's no real nice transition to that. Um, Going to hoops. Back to the NBA. Yeah. The blank will win the Wembeyama sweet sweepstakes at the NBA draft lottery. Which team? I'm going to oh, do another lottery to break my heart. Fortunately or unfortunately, whichever way you look at it, we don't have a ball in this one. Oh, you ready for me? I'm on tankathon.com. And if anyone is ever as bored as I've been and watching some bad Cavs basketball, you've definitely fired up the tankathon. Let's sim the lottery and see who gets the number one pick. And it's Houston. Yeah. Okay. The Pistons, Houston, or the, all right, let's see. Pistons, Rockets, and Spurs have the best odds of winning the NBA lottery draft that's because they each have a 14 percent chance of selecting first so you go on record maybe they'll get it i just did it again and it was orlando i just okay. did it again and it's the spurs i think the spurs is a scary landing spot for wemby because yeah. popovich with these international players is just kind of alien mode uh for him but uh booby made a good point on booby's world that it would be fun to see him in portland Pair him with Dame. Obviously, Dame and CJ didn't work, but maybe try pairing Dame with like a legitimate big. You know, seven. I think the dude is like seven three, seven four. Shoots the three, handles the ball. That could be a lot of fun. But uh, yeah, regardless, one play. We, we we know if we know anything as Cavs fans, it's that the lottery doesn't really matter. Even if you win it, uh, you still got work to do. It's a long way ahead. Uh, the lot it's it's tough, man. If you're any one of these teams, obviously you have a chance of getting a generational player. But whew. glad Watch we glad we ain't in there, right, Chris? Like <laughs> like 
Right. With with my luck, it's going to be Chicago again. The Bulls. With what? What are the chances? One point eight percent chance. Yeah, there you go. They're going to win not only the NHL but also the NBA Lotto. I could just see something like that happening. I was just so disheartened after the Blackhawks won that thing. After and I and I basically called it on the show last time. Yeah. So I'm hoping I'm hoping that that doesn't happen once again. Now that I've mentioned the Bulls winning that Lotto, I would like to see OKC. Uh, obviously, only 1.7 percent of a chance. But Send them to the West. Just the amount of talent that they've amassed these last couple of years with Josh Giddy. Um, obviously, their rookie Chet Holmgren had hadn't even played because he had a season-ending injury in summer league, and they still own like half the rest of the first round too. In the next couple of years, they have so many first-round picks. So I think if they could get Wemby, that'd be fun. But obviously, a little bit of a long shot down there at one point seven percent. But Chris, you gonna tune in tomorrow to the draft lottery? Do you care? Does it still have your interest spiked, even though the Cavs don't have a ping pong ball? I don't care at all. Zero point zero on the NBA draft. I will find out who has won it, and I will hope that it is not Chicago. But past that, I'm not gonna tune in for that. All right, Chris. Well, how about I'll give you this too for your rooting interest. Also, you don't want Chicago being two either, because this is one of those drafts where the first two players are really good. The second player is gonna be Scoot Henderson. And he's really good, kind of a guard forward, a little bit bigger if he decides to play. That's a great guard. name. Yeah, Scoot Henderson. I think it's a nickname, but he's he's really good. He could shoot, he could drive, he's athletic. Yeah, that is so, a great name. So don't hopefully no Chicago at one or two, just for your rooting interest, because that, that dude's gonna be a player too. You know what would make my rooting interest is if we could bet it. Can we bet who's gonna win it? I don't think so. No, Typico doesn't have those odds. Okay, I need that and I need the weather. We're just gonna accumulate every show, <laughs> something else I want to be able to bet on. Well, speaking of bets, we could scoot over to our bet segment. Yeah, let's do it. Hey-o. Alrighty, you can bet on the biggest sporting events all year round with us at Typico Sportsbook. The NBA playoffs are here. The NHL playoffs are here. That's a lot of fun to watch and bet on. The Guardians, obviously in full swing, so much more. Right now, Typico has their Swing for the Fences contest. We were telling you guys about this last week. Works very similar to their contest that they ran for March Madness. And we have had a ton of fun with this, where you wager $20 on any baseball bet of at least minus 200 odds to join. The more you bet, the more you win. The top 100 bettors at the end of the month of may gets bets on typico for a year with the grand prize of five thousand dollars in bets on us make sure you get in there bet on some baseball with us we are all on the leaderboard uh me chris dave chico has found his way onto the leaderboard so make sure you download that typico sportsbook app Use code REFLUG when you do. When you deposit 50, you get 200 bets on us to get in on that action. you got to be 21 years or older to gamble in Ohio. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Guys, I'm creeping up the leaderboard. I hit a couple bets this week. Wow. That makes one of us, Nick. <laughs> I am still down there near the bottom. I don't know how many people have entered this contest, but a I can lot. probably tell you by how many I'm looking up at. Yeah. Yeah. So let's just jump right into this. Obviously, we're going to try to claw our way all the way up it. Um, We might as well start on Wednesday in Chicago against the White Sox. Let's make a bet. Which Guardians batter will get a hit off of Mike Clevenger in Chicago? Clevenger is two and three on the year. A 4.79 ERA. Definitely not the same sunshine that we knew. Chris, give me a government name of a Guardians player that will get a hit on Wednesday. All of them. Everyone gets a hit off of Mike Clevenger. So, so we got to let, let's actually strategize this because obviously <laughs> people don't know the backs. Chris quickly give a, give the good people a quick synopsis. And then we got to make a bet here that we actually put into Typico. We'll have them boost it because I think getting a reef logs revenge on Mike Clevenger for a boost like could idea. be a, wait, could why be doesn't Chris like Mike Clevenger? Oh, big beef, big beef. Yeah, let, tell yeah me. definitely. So at one point, Mike was having a rough, rough outing or a rough year and i, I don't remember oh, exactly i remember this your twitter beef with them 
But I was giving him a hard time on Twitter, as I do, as I do. I, I do that to all the players, so I wasn't really targeting him. But he felt that I was above and beyond, and he put out there that he would give a free signed pair of cleats to anyone who would give up my government name. <laughs> That's funny. And, and, and the thinking was that it would take a long time for, you know, all of my folks w- would protect my actual identity. Uh, but in real life and in all actuality, the first person to respond was my own mother. And she told him exactly what my name that was. That is freaking hilarious. For, for a free pair of cleats. So, yeah, he got about 50 responses and then deleted it. So What's, he had it, all he you... needed. My name, my phone number, my address. He had everything. Of course, he did nothing. With I vaguely interview. remember this. Can you give us a what you tweeted him that started this whole thing? I don't Probably remember. doesn't even remember. Yeah. I think it was something based on what he was personal life at the time. Uh, it may have been a nice, yeah. a nice little solid dig. Yeah, yeah. He, but he, based he, on his repeated pattern of behavior, I think now we can look back and say it was a very grounded dig. And anyone who knows McNeil knows it's done tactfully and hilariously. So uh, the, <laughs> I, I'm going to say he's soft, straight up. It was tastefully <laughs> he's soft. done. Sure, whatever the tweet was, it was tastefully done at the time. But yes. Clevenger took exception. Wanted to know what, what my actual name was. I, I don't know. That and is the, the softest thing I've ever heard, and it totally checks out. Yeah. And the fact that my mom was the first person to give me And that is really funny. Good. That is like, you couldn't script that any better. Classic McGrandma. <laughs> McGrandma gets so much. Happy belated Mother's Day to McGrandma. Hey, she's going to love that. You know what she's going to say, though? What? She's going to ask about your Christmas album. Oh, shoot. I got to get on that. You know, my voice has been kind of funny up and down. Okay. I have to go to the teller. Tell her I'm going to go to the ENT for a follow up because my my voice just still is like I want to say 85 percent instead of 100. The ultimate Mother's Day gift for my mother would be your Christmas album come this Christmas. I will say this though, I could get at least what do you call the chestnuts roasting? What's that song called? I think that might be it. Chestnuts roasting. No, it has a name, and I always forget it. That's the Mm -hmm. name of it. I thought. Uh. No, but that one I don't have to do any falsetto for. It's called the Christmas song. The Christmas song, I knew it. So let that her is, know if if anything, I'm at least going to get that one recorded. <laughs> All right, which Guardians uh, batter anyway, is getting a hit off of Mike Clevenger? Literally, if Naylor just Naylor bombs it up, I will just be so happy. Love it, Chris. My answer is always going to be Stephen Kwan. I mean, come on, you get to hit off everybody. And I'm going to go with old reliable Jose Ramirez because mm-hmm. I feel like Jose. Kind of played. He, I think he's probably the only offensive player left that played with Clev. So I think Jose, Chris, for just for you, get some revenge. Yeah, to make that happen. <laughs> Reflogs revenge. Go bet that boost over on Tipico. All right, let's go to Guardians at Mets on Friday. For this one, we're going to build a same game parlay together. Each of us is going to pick one run so we could go over, under on total runs, a player to get a hit, player to score a run. Guys, I think I'm going to go with a player to hit a home run. It's it's Cal Quantrill versus TBA, but this is also Francisco Lindor's first time back facing Cleveland on Friday for Guardians at Mets. How are we doing this? Who who wants to take this first leg? Nobody. Go for it. You, you were said- on a roll there. I'm gonna. I wanted to pick somebody to hit a home run, but I hate that they don't have a pitcher listed yet, which makes always makes me a little nervous. Um, shoot, should I go David Fry to? No, I I won't do that guy to you guys. So we going Oppo? We're going for a Met to hit a home run? Or are we going? Doing no, the, the, yeah. No. Can you can you repeat so, the the so bet? We're we're building a same game parlay together. Okay. For Guardians versus Mets, I say we go anti Frankie. I really do. I think. Cleveland as a collective kind of still not loving Frankie. I'm going to keep calling him Frankie. Call me lazy all you want. (laughs) So I'm going to say that whatever Cal Quantrill's over for strikeouts is, we should put that in there because I think he's going to strike out Frankie quite a little bit. Okay, I like that. So Quantrill over on strikeouts. Yep, and that'll probably be a low number. That'll probably be like three and a half strikeouts for Cal. Chris, nice. do you have a leg that you like? Uh, let's see. You could, should... do, you could straight do Lindor. We could do Lindor straight under on like hits. Whatever his hits are, do the under. Well, how about I go under on Jeff McNeil? How about that? Okay. 
<laughs> well, I mean, the last name. Yeah. Jeff McNeil under. Cal Quantrill over. Gab. Because if Jeff McNeil basically does anything, I get tweeted at. So. Um, I am hypothetically... I will. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, pla- I'm not placing bets, but if I were to hypothesize, throw in a leg for us. Give us something that'll hit. A, how about a player to get a hit that could go under this parlay? How about? Can I do kill? that? Yeah. So you guys did because you did Quantrill on the over. Yep. McNeil on the under. Yep. We could do the Frankie on the under. Lindor under. Um, but. There we go. And then, but I can, but I can do one that's like a player to get a hit, right? Yeah. So. Man, we're juicing this bad boy up. Dog. If we're we want to, and if we want the money, money, I'll just copy and paste from above. I'll put Quan. Okay. As Quan a, hit. a Quan hit. Quan hit. Quantrill over McNeil under Lindor under. That'll be fun. All right, let's go to this one. This upsets me a little bit because, man, the back end of this bullpen has been so dicey. Will either Emmanuel Classe or James Karinchak allow an earned run in the Mets series? Yes or no? Karinchak has been better. He's only allowed one run over his last eight, but Classe has been a little bit of a different story. He's been a little bit shaky closing out games for the guards. Guys, you nervous at all about those two? Yeah, Both totally. Yeah. <laughs> So I'm going to go yes on this question. Yes, they are going to give up an earned run. In Damn. fact, I would be surprised. Wouldn't be surprised if both of them individually gave up a run, at least. Damn. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. By the way. All right. We're Karen Jack that. just looks like he's going to give up a run. Yeah, he doesn't look like the same guy, does he? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Class A, at least you know, he's he's more keeps it together, but. Even just physically watching Karen Check, it's just like I can feel it. it's going to happen. It's a sticky situation. Okay, the Western Conference Finals are on Tuesday. Uh, game one, Lakers and Nuggets are here. We're going straight up money line. Lakers, Nuggets, who wins game one? I get that it's in Denver. I get that LeBron slow plays the whole feel out game one. Give me the Lake Show. Ooh. Same here. Give me the Lakers. Give me the Lakers. I think LeBron may be on a destiny type of path yeah. this particular year. So give me the Lakers. Give me LeBron. Nuggets favored by five and a half. Um, just to be devil's advocate, Nuggets, Thanks. game one. Probably smart. Taco uh, <laughs> taco on us. Chris, I got to give you a little grief, and I know our mentions did as well. Last week, you were giving LeBron some gripe about the Lakers ring not really counting. It was the oh, yeah. bubble. Nobody was right. watching. Was it real basketball? I mean, I think the league gave us kind of a pretty concrete uh, hypothesis finding that that was a legit ring as this is the same exact conference finals on the West and the East side that was in the bubble. Same four teams remaining in 2023 that remained in 2020. I think that uh, that bubble championship sure means something. Yeah, it sure seems that way. And I've heard a lot of people saying that here recently. It's like, well, yeah, it does look like, you know, you take the experiment out of the vacuum and look at that. We get the same result here. So Uh, I like you said on the show last, a lot of players have said that actually playing in the bubble was tougher because they're not used to it. They haven't come up that way playing basketball their entire lives. And then they're playing in this kind of a weird, um, weird environment in an environment where you're apart from friends and family and just not part of society in order to win this championship. And it's just kind of different. But uh, nonetheless, I still say it didn't count. So he's got to make this one count. Unreal. This guy. (laughs) Unreal. All right, let's go to Wednesday, Eastern Conference Finals, game one. It's the Heat and the Celtics. The Celtics are favored by seven and a half points. Guys, I think this is going to be a very close series. On this one, we could pick the spread or the over-under, whatever we like for this game on Wednesday. I'm going to go ahead, and I'm going to take the Heat plus seven and a half. I really like that bet. I'm probably going to absolutely smash that on Tipico, to be honest. I think these games are going to be very close. That's a big spread right there. Yeah, seven and a half. And and Spolstra is a good coach. This These Miami Heat are a good team. And I think Boston, although they won game seven against Philly in a, in a big fashion, they've shown that they're not invincible. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I'm glad Philly's gone. I was done with Philly. For real. Of course, I get Boston. And it's like, uh, 
you know, it's, it's one a and one B here with Boston. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna bet with you on this one. I should Whoa. be fading a lot more than what I am today, and that makes me a little concerned. But uh, I think seven and a half is a lot of points. Is a whole lot of points here. I know they're in Boston, but I think the Heat, and like you said, Spolstra is a really good coach. Yeah, I would originally when he was first, you know, paired up with LeBron back in the day, I thought, okay, who's this young guy, a videographer type of dude who you know you had all the stories about him being in the back office watching a whole lot of film and that's the reason he came up it's like yeah i've heard that story before yeah whatever um this pretty boy can't coach and sure enough he can he can in a big way and i think he can scheme pretty well um with how he mixes it up with the zone against the celtics and the celtics have problems matching up there i I could see this being a lot closer in the series and i think i could certainly see this game being closer than seven and a half so i'm gonna go under Love it. Gab, do you have a bet that you like for game one? Wait, so you're going under, Chris? I'm saying this. Uh, I'm saying the heat cover yes, so. seven and a half. Oh, the heat cover yeah, seven heat and a half. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I don't know. I should... Are you going to say the Celtics are going to blow out the heat and go over seven and a half points? Or do you like the heat to keep it within a seven and a half point game? Well, to be different, maybe I'll have the Celtics. Celtics blowing out the heat game one in the garden. Yep. There you go. All righty. Are we hitting two truths and a lie? We could. Yeah, you, let's do it. You kids want to hit two truths and a lie? Let's yeah. do it. Yeah. Let's do it. Okay. All statements about the all-NBA, all-rookie, and all-defensive teams. Stand by. Let me pull it up. Chris, did your daughter seem nervous when she broke the news about Because I remember my first time. My first one was a, a mirror versus mailbox. Uh, and when it happened, I was like, damn. What was the spread on that one? Well, the, the nice thing was, I will say, was my, my dad's immediate reaction was, did you knock on the guy's door? And I was like, no, believe it or not. And I think that's what pisses me off even worse was the guy had some sort of titanium mailbox. Mailbox completely fine. My mirror still in the middle of the road probably. Oh. Did it take out the side window as well? No, no, thankfully. So it didn't come back and shatter the window. No, and it was actually, <laughs> so to my defense, there was somebody that was coming at me like head on. Like it was a one lane thing each way. Sure, and was coming on me there's always on, so somebody else. I threw, I threw it, made a quick uh, skirt on over to the right and lost my mirror in the process. Yeah, yeah. I lost my mirror, but it was... Uh... I was at Syracuse, and it's so snowy there, yeah. obviously. And I was trying to get over a snow lump in the driveway with my 2001 Corolla. Oh, this pre <laughs> pre Wrangler Gab. Yeah, pre Wrangler Gab. And I just hit the gas because I had already done so much digging, enough digging, like of the snow. And then I was just like, I just gotta like hit the gas and get over this thing. And it swerved a little on the way out of the garage and Damn. knocked the mirror or the mirror right off. Damn. Who who hasn't knocked yeah, the mirror off? Yeah, we've all done it. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I did it backing out once out of a garage, so I've done that myself. It'll happen. All All right. right. Anyway, we won't speak that into existence. Yeah, right, Doc. LeBron is the only Cavs player ever to make the all-NBA first team. Larry Nance has the most NBA all-defensive team selections by a Cavs player. LeBron was the first Cavs player ever to win Rookie of the Year. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's tough. That's impossible. What was what was the second one? Larry Nance has the most NBA all defensive team selections by a Cavs player. Yeah. I feel like that's true. Could we mark that as a true? Yeah. Who else could have been? We've had some bad defenders. That one okay, we'll just say that one's true. We'll pencil that in as true. LeBron was the first Cav ever to win rookie of the year. So who else could have done that? Go through that list. Who else? Ron Harper? Mm. Rookie of the year. And 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 for some of these, it's like how long have the awards been around? (laughs) Right. Austin Carr? I mean, I don't know. Um Yeah, this one completely stopped. Be free. (laughs) Well, and LeBron was that. So that's what I'm saying. So, but for first team All NBA has been around for a while. So I'm going to say that LeBron's not the first All Team NBA. Maybe 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I'm going to go with three there. As the lie. Hmm. As the lie. I, I think I am. First yeah. to win rookie of the year. So right. you don't think he was the first to win rookie of the year? No, I don't. I think there's got to be somebody else in there. I think okay. like a Ron Harper from Miami of Ohio or something. I'm going to disagree with him. I'm going to say that the lie is actually the first one and that there was an all-NBA player on the Cavs before LeBron first. You would be correct because Mark Price has also – he oh, was yeah. actually the uh, first team in 1993. Nice. Friend of show. Friend so of show. have Friend those been show. the only – Two, okay, so it was Mark Price, then him. Have we had anybody else? So for if you with uh, no, no, but <laughs> no. for rookie of the year, Kyrie got it eight years after. Yeah, I mean, it really, LeBron. let's be real. Donovan should have been first team All NBA, and and he, I get that he is the first All NBA period since Brown left in 2018, but he should have been first team. SGA, I, the, the the Thunder were horrible. So I get that Shy was putting up stats and stuff, but come on. I agree with you, but I lost a lot of my energy about that after the way the playoffs went. I know that yeah. that award doesn't right. take into account the playoffs, but I'd be way more, way more willing to fight for him if we would have saw a great playoff performance. You say, oh, how could you not? But after that disappointment, it's like, yeah, you didn't get a personal award. Okay. Yep. You and a lot of people feel that way, I think, Chris. Yeah. All right, guys. Good Makes stuff. sense to me. One more? Yeah, yeah. We, Evan Mobley yeah. was the first Cavs player to be a first-team All-Rookie since Kyrie Irving. The Cavs had four players make the All-Rookie teams in 1998. And the Cavs had three players make the All-Rookie first team in 1987. This is a little bit of history yeah, because geez. we have McNeil. Um, whoa. Whoa. Shots fired. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. – I, I think the Mobley one could be true because Garland was the worst statistical player in the league as a rookie, so he wasn't that. He was literally the worst player. Um, and Okoro, I, maybe Okoro could have snuck his way onto a, a third team or something. Okay. Yeah. But he was also, you know, not great. He was good defensively, but he was not great. Um, and I can't remember if he was an all-NBA rookie team or not. Uh shoot obviously Mobley was so that part that stance of it was true the 1987 question I have no idea you know 1987 you'd probably be looking at like Mark Price Brad Doherty Craig Elo I mean if you're saying three I don't Chris you're on your own I got the last one right Uh, I'm gonna go number two number two is the lie Number one is actually the lie. Whoa, the one I wasn't considering. Uh, Waiters, Dion Waiters. Yeah. Was the first team in 2013. Kyrie was 2012. Wow. Dion, Dion Waiters. Remember Dion Waiters? Mm-hmm. Remember when he ate at a, when he was like way too high on like gummies in the in the plane and like they had to like he had, he was like season out. I don't remember that. I think it was on the heat and then he kind of fell out of the league shortly after. We got him from Syracuse, right? Yep. He was good. I mean, that doesn't surprise me that much because he was good early on. He was explosive, but then it was kind of like a no-brainer. He had the falling out with Kyrie, and then you got Shump and JR, and you were ready to make your runs at the championship. So it kind of was a no-brainer to dump him. I remember him being a reach pick at that time. Yeah, because they took him third. Yeah, yeah, they did. He didn't even (laughs) start. That's what it was. He didn't even start at Syracuse, right? Right. And we took him third overall in the NBA no, draft. No, he was fourth. He was fourth. Fourth. Okay. Fourth overall in the NBA draft. And he didn't start on his own team, which is kind of wild. The 2012 NBA draft. Let's look back. Deion Waiters was four. If it makes you feel any better, Thomas Robinson was five. You ever heard of him? To the Kings? Yes. Yes. Go check out his bust there <laughs> in the Hall of Fame. Dame Lillard was six. Oh, there you Harrison go. Barnes was seven. Okay. Terrence Ross was eight. Drummond was nine. Austin Rivers, 10. Myers Leonard, 11. Myers Leonard. There's a player. Out of league. I'm sure. Um, He's playing for some European team right now. Oh, well, dude, you don't remember how Miles Leonard got kicked? He kicked himself out of the league. He was saying like anti Semitic stuff on a Twitch stream. Oh, oh no, I yeah, didn't. When he was like, he was on the heat and he, they, he was like just saying some crazy stuff on Twitch. 
and you know how the internet goes. They recorded it, and I think that was right around the bubble, to be honest. Full, full See, circle. that's why Look it's that. so tough. That's why it's so tough to win in the bubble. Yep, you get on Twitch and get on Twitch. You have nothing else to do, so you get on Twitch and you say a bunch of stupid anti-Semitic things. All righty. That's I it think for me. We, yep, call it. Good work, guys. Uh, we'll see you next week. Any more typical plugs? For sure. Make sure you download it. Put in 50. We'll give you 200. Use code REFLOG. Swing for the fences. Literally, you heard all the parlays that we cooked. So go put in $20 bets and climb your way up the leaderboard. They're, they're giving bet credits, bets on us out left and right, man. I mean, I'm yeah. up to my ears and bets on us because it's, I just swing for the fences every day. So go download it. Have some fun. Till next week. Peace. It's time. Streaming live from Cleveland, Ohio. Presenting the undefeated, undisputed heavyweight podcast of the world. The Big Play. We Show.